What is going on, Trash Talkers? We are back with another episode for you today. We start off by remembering and celebrating Kobe Bryant and the nine victims from Sunday's horrific helicopter accident. Then, we break down all that we expect from Super Bowl 54 in Miami between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Plus, we discuss the Los Angeles Chargers' decision to move on from Phillip Rivers as their quarterback and Eli Manning's decision to retire. All that and much more coming your way right now. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Trash Talk. We have a lot to get to today, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, we're going to start off this episode a little different, and for uh, for some obvious reasons. As many of you know, this past Sunday, a little before 1 p.m. Eastern time, there was a helicopter accident in Calabasas, California, that claimed the lives of nine victims, including Laker legend Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter Gianna. Speaking for everyone here at Trash Talk, we offer our most sincere condolences to the Bryant family, as well as friends and family of all the victims in this horrific accident. Um, for me personally, I just want to start off with a little, uh, just a little background about me and and what Kobe meant to me. Um, you know, I, w- I was born in 1993. He entered the league in '96, so I grew up watching Kobe from day one. Um, you know, it, as soon as I knew what I was looking at, I, I could see Kobe Bryant on the court, and that was pretty much all I wanted to do. Baseball and basketball were my first two sport loves, um, and uh, watching Kobe do his thing on the court, I, I watched uh, replays of him every morning before school. Um, you know, I'd listen to Stuart Scott in the morning talk about, you know, how he was cooler than the other side of the pillow. And, um, you know, that man is spicy, um, saying he is red hot from downtown. And there there was nothing more that I wanted than to be Kobe Bryant on the basketball court. And uh, uh, he was so much more to everyone but to me he was the he was who got me involved in sports and who really opened my eyes to the world of basketball and drove me to be the best player that I can be so um this was a very tough day um as it was for most of America 
um, most of the world, I would say. Uh, if you look at the outpouring around the world, people are drawing portraits and, um, you know, they're coloring in basketball courts with his picture. Um, it's absolutely incredible to see what this man has done and who the lives, the amount of lives that he's touched across the globe. Uh, there's nothing, there's nothing more, uh, that you can ask for from a basketball player, let alone another human. Um, but so <clears throat> I think you said that, you know, as well as anybody could say it, uh, this this has been a shock to everybody. I don't I don't think anybody can really wrap their head around this. Uh, I think we're we're all just we're we're waiting to wake up from this horrible dream. It it's really hard to describe, you know what what everybody's feeling and you know how how this all just happened. It was just your normal Sunday and just. You know things happen. It, it. I mean, they're they're just. I mean, when you think about Kobe Bryant, he was just, like you said, way more than a basketball player. And you now I've heard a lot of people talking that were close to him, saying that he was gonna do even more with his time after basketball. And it's only been a couple of years since we've seen him on the court. And look at all he's done. He was just getting started. And just to see all of that go away so fast, it's tough. Yeah. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, like I said, Kobe was as what... As much of a superstar as he was on the court, off the court, he did just as much, if not more. Um, he was dedicated to uh, helping underprivileged kids uh, enter the sport of basketball and making sure that, you know, their fi- their parents' financial state didn't reflect, you know, how they were able to perform on the basketball court. He created... Um, camps where kids didn't have to pay a single thing to go. Um, he gave away basketball shoes, signed memorabilia, whatever he could. Um, you know, th- there were stories of him doing incredible things. He's donated millions of dollars to build, um, you know, different uh, buildings and hospitals. And he he's an absolute incredible person. Um it's just it's a very sad moment and i want to take this time it's not just about kobe and gianna it's about everyone else that was lost in in the accident as well um but for us specifically you know um you know if this was a normal helicopter accident everybody would be you know upset you know that that would be terrible news for everybody to hear but because there was an iconic figure who we watched grow up in front of our eyes on a national stage under the spotlight, somebody that people were not only rooting for, rooting against, but had passion in what they were doing, um, somebody that was a major figure in their lives, uh, this this really, you know, it, it shakes the tree to its core, Um and I think it's brought a lot of people together, and it's unfortunate that it had to 
come to something like this to bring these to bring people together but um you know it if i could if i could imagine what kobe would have wanted he would have wanted us to all rally around it and become one unit and and fight through this together and i think uh we can only remember him and honor him by doing just that um you know if everybody knows the story that you know Kobe missed all those shots against Utah in his first playoff series and uh he still continued to shoot even he though he was missing and um you know it wasn't until he got back in the gym and worked with his teammates and worked on getting his shots back up and everything else that it took for him to to get back to that point in the playoffs and then show that he was the superstar that everybody thought he was and uh i think that's what we can do for him is we can all rally around each other pick each other up and become the best people uh for everyone else around us you know ev- I've heard legends from uh, Kenny the Jet Smith and Tracy McGrady, um, Steve Smith, uh, Charles Barkley. I've I've heard so many people talk about Kobe Bryant and what he meant, and everybody had the same uh, sort of message, and that was, um, you know, what he was able to do was provide a mentality to people that unlocked certain potential they weren't even aware of and i think if if you can you know think about it from the stance that you know you have a purpose here your time is limited let's focus on doing everything that we can uh and let the let all the small things go that was a big thing that you know kobe didn't hold small grudges um you know, he he just let things roll roll off his back, and that was the end. I think we can all take a lesson from from everything that Kobe Bryant stood for. <clears throat> um, so, in that vein, uh, we're going to uh, remember Kobe Bryant as best as we can, and uh, you know, we're going to celebrate his life versus mourn his loss. Um, so, uh, Nick, if you have anything else to say, um, um, no, I, I, I think I'm good. Um, okay. This is, this is just a tough topic. Um, and I've done my best to try to avoid as much of sports media and just media in general as possible because it, you know, just, you know, trying to, you know, everything Kobe did was special and, when I look back on those highlights of him and his career and everything he's done, it remember makes me remember all those great times where I was when I learned about him, when I saw it happen. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's sad to, to know that it's all gone, um, but it's never forgotten. And that's what we need to remember. Uh, we'll always have everything he's taught us Luckily, he had an amazingly long career, and he was great from the day he started till the day he left, and <laughs> and he continued that journey, and absolutely it got even better, and we'll have we'll have all those great memories to to cherish for the rest of our lives. Yeah, uh, just to you know, one more uh, piece I I heard. Um, Nick Wright on FS1 this morning, 
uh, talking about Kobe, or sorry, yesterday morning, talking about Kobe Bryant and, uh, you know, how he reacted when he heard the news. And he said, you know, his job uh, and, and ours as well is to debate you know, who's better than who, where do people stand, and, you know, six, you know, who's six, who's eight, who's two, who's four, you know, who are the, you know, who belongs here and why, and I think we take for granted a lot of times um, what these players did when we do that, um, and and Nick Wright hit it right on the money when he said, you know, we we need to start appreciating everything from the body of work on the court to the body of work off the court and really uh noticing what these people these are people we see them as basketball players but they are human beings just like you and I they may be freakishly tall they may be super good at putting an orange ball through a hoop but at the end of the day they are humans just like us and we need to realize that you know um Everything we say about them and everything we think about them, they are humans and they're not just superheroes. And, you know, it leads me to, you know, what uh, Kobe once said where he said, um, heroes come and go, but legend, legends live forever. And I think Kobe Bryant is going to live forever in our our memories. So um, with that, I think we're going to move on. Um I appreciate you guys all uh, for staying with us during during that. Um, you know, as we said, Kobe meant a lot to us. So we're going to move on. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with Nick. We're going to break down Super Bowl 54 and then give you our predictions. So, Nick, once you start it off, what are you expecting to see from the Kansas City Chiefs this this week? For the Kansas City Chiefs, they have to come out strong. Uh, you know, the playoffs so far for them, they've uh, – They've had the opportunity to be a little lackadaisical in the beginning of the game and had the opportunity to pick it up uh, in the in the coming quarters. So with the with the 49ers, they're just absolutely not going to let you do that. Their their defense is too strong, uh, and if you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay for it. So in order for the Kansas City Chiefs to have any success, they need to come out strong. They need to come out scoring. They need to be as creative as possible to to put points up on the board. If they want to have a shot, and, and I've been saying this, they they have had you know some of the most amazing second quarters of uh, any team I've, I've you know I can ever recall, uh, just putting up mass amounts of points in a single quarter, and they're just not going to have that opportunity to be able to come back in the second or third quarter if they're down by a bunch. The Texans were down uh, were up by twenty four. The the Titans were up by ten. You know you can't keep giving up these double-digit leads, and your and have your expect to come back exactly. And, it's just that's right. that's not going to happen against this 49ers defense. They're most likely the the best defense in this league in the league of all years. This is that that means a lot. I mean this. this well, you year, also have a coach that has been in a situation where he had a double-digit lead and it was taken away from him in the biggest stage in the Super Bowl. So. 
Well, yeah. I can imagine if he gets that again, he is not letting it get out of yeah, his hands one more time. Make mo- no, no mistake, Kyle Shanahan has a lot of experience in these games. His dad's been in these games. He's been around those situations. He was assisting coaches in these games. He was a coordinator two years ago in this game. And he may not, not have won it, but he, he's been to this dance. He understands how it's played and what needs to be fixed. Once you're there and you make a mistake... The next time you come back, you know exactly what to fix. You know what worked, you know what didn't, and you're going to come back a lot stronger. Andy Reid hasn't been here in, was it 15, no, 17 years? I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, 2003. So two years. Or 2004, two, something like that. Two years ago versus 17 years ago when the game was played completely different. Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking about Andy Reid had Donovan McNabb and Brian Westbrook and and Brian Dawkins and Terrell Owens on his team. Those those guys haven't played in in years. They're all they're all up for Hall of Fame voting. <laughs> Some are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, um. <laughs> it, the Kansas City Chiefs need to come out strong. They can't give up any big leads. They have to be creative at all points. I don't think that they're going to have a lot of success. Um, just just using their normal plays. They're going to have to come up with something new and special. The only you know, glimpse of hope that they could get is that they're most likely going to be matched up with a lot of zone coverage because that's what the the 49ers do most of the time. But they are more than capable being being able to play man. And I the 49ers have one of the best uh, nickel corners who I've, you know, I've heard that he can keep up with with Tyreek Hill all by himself with no issue. That's how fast he is. So they have an answer for him. They have strong safeties to go up against Travis Kelsey, strong defensive line to go up against their uh, the, the Chiefs' run game. So that's why I'm saying they need to be as creative as possible. There's no way you can win this game without something out of the ordinary. So I, I, I agree with you. I think that the Chiefs need to come out swinging, right? During the coin toss, I think whoever wins it needs to take the ball on offense. I, that's just my opinion, right? Because if you're the 49ers, you want to attack this Chiefs defense with your run game. You want to get into a rhythm. You want to make sure that they they have to you know figure out what you're doing and make their offense have to come from behind. You don't want them setting the tone and you, now you're behind, right? Um so I, I think if you're the if you're the Forty ers you need to take the ball. You need to get Mostert and uh, Tevin Coleman and Breida all going in the first drive. Because don't worry about Emmanuel Sanders; he'll get his. Don't worry about George Kittle; he'll get his. Everybody else, you need to get those running backs going. Get that offensive line. Uh, with a head of steam going downfield, because I'll tell you what, Frank Clark and uh, Mike Pinnell and Chris Jones, those boys are going to be ready to play. And they've heard all the talk for weeks now, for months now, about how they're not good enough, and they should. This defense is there's no shot that they can stop, you know, a, a nosebleed, let alone a professional offense. Um, 
at this point, they are they're going to be ready. I have full faith in Steve Spagnolo to get them ready for this game, uh, like he has done many a times. Being Patriots fans, we understand exactly what Steve Spagnolo is all about, and uh, I, I expect that this defense is going to be humming. I think that the the running game is going to speak volumes for the 49ers in this game on the other hand i think the chiefs offense really needs to they they need the ball first because they can strike at any time they can hit you with Nicole hardman down one sideline uh tyree kill down another sideline and then sammy watkins on a deep crosser in the middle and you're like we don't have enough speed to keep up with these guys and if they do that, you know, on the first drive, and now you're playing catch up after, uh, you know, a shot in the arm, I, I, the Chiefs are probably going to have their way with you. Now it's going to be very tough against this defense, but you give Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy this amount of time to prepare for you, they're going to have something ready. And I just think that um, if you're Kyle Shanahan and you're, uh, uh. Robert Salah, I think you need to make sure that you are prepared for absolute everything that they can do. You don't want to give up those chunk plays. If they want to get the, if they want to go down the field two, three, four yards uh, per clip, fine. Let them run the ball. Let them do that. But do not let Tyreek Hill set it up for Kelsey, and do not let Kelsey set it up for Tyreek Hill. Those are the guys that you have to worry about. Those are the guys that are going to beat you. Yeah, I mean the I think the 49ers definitely have their struggles. Don't like don't get me wrong. This isn't just a, a runaway. This isn't LSU versus Clemson. Uh this there th- there is a lot of, you know, question marks on the offensive side of the ball for the 49ers. I mean Jimmy Garoppolo, he's obviously been here as a backup a few times. And he he's gonna understand mentally how to prepare for this, but I don't think there's anything that can mentally prepare you when, once you're on the field and you have to make those de- decisions. So I I questioned his uh, clutch abilities in you know earlier in the season when they the uh, 49ers lost to the Seahawks for the first time, uh, and he hasn't had many opportunities to really showcase if he has that clutch mentality. So I'm not convinced that he he'll be able to come through if necessary, and you know he could be all the difference, or maybe it, you know it's just him the entire time. I don't know if he has it has what it takes to to get the job done. Uh, there's, there's Which is chance. why I think that they need to get that running game going. Though. Right, but if you have Mostert and Coleman and Breida going, you're not like like we saw in the NFC Championship game. He threw the ball eight times. He was six for eight. I mean, you, if that if that's what it's going to take, that's what it's going to take. Let the let them dudes run behind that offensive line. You paid for the offensive line. Let them do their thing. Well, you know, Kyle Shanahan probably would have won the Super Bowl as the offensive coordinator if they kept running the ball. If they just didn't, if they didn't, they didn't have to keep passing, but they did, um, right? And that's what caused issues. He knows he's going to have to run the ball. He he's going to want to run the ball a lot to keep the ball in Mahomes' hands, uh, and to make sure that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't screw this up. 
Andy Reid knows that. Andy Reid knows he's going to want to run the ball. So what are they going to focus on? Stopping the run. And it, that's where it's all about Jimmy Garoppolo versus the Chiefs' pass defense. And, hey. and this is where I'm saying Jimmy Garoppolo is a huge question mark because he has not been in enough situations to show whether he can do it in a big situation. Maybe. But he's been in enough situations where, you know, don't forget, he learned for three and a half, what was it? Yeah, three and a half years under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. That is, even though he wasn't playing, he still was able to garner some of their information and and really dissect how they prepare for certain things. And they he's seen them prepare for this game. He's been in contact with Tom Brady all last week. He, he's already mentioned that to the media. So in, in my estimation, he is as focused as he can possibly be for this game. They have a foolproof method for him to get the ball out quickly before that defensive line can get there because we know the weak part of the Chiefs' defense is the back end and the linebackers. If he can get uh, George Kittle going, uh, you know, no offense to Tyron Matthew, he's not covering George Kittle. George Kittle's just a, an absolute monster, like, you know, like a basketball player getting a rebound he just high points the ball every single time and he and he's fast a a lot of people don't understand how deceptively fast george kittle is i mean he can blow by some of these defensive backs if they're not careful so i I think that you know they're going to create a very safe passing opportunity for jimmy garoppolo and they're not going to do anything that puts the ball in harm Unless they have to, unless their defense is just giving up points and they need to start, you know, uh, closing the gap, then you're going to see them really put the pressure on Garoppolo. But, you know, as soon as the game starts, you know, the, the as soon as you get that first pass out of the way, all the nerves are gone. The, every quarterback who's played in the Super Bowl says that. And I think at this point, Garoppolo understands that, and he's, they're going to get him a very quick completion. They're going to get that running game going, and I think they're going to try to control clock as much as possible. They don't want to take those deep shots because they want that Chiefs defense to be run ragged. They want to keep, like you said, Mahomes and Hill and those boys on the sideline watching the game versus playing in it. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced. I, I, You're not convinced that, that Garoppolo can take care of it? Yeah, I, I just. You, but what you, convinces well, you, say, you, you that say, the Chiefs defense can, I'm just saying, can, you, can take you, care you of it? You say make it safe. To me, safe means you're going to, you know, get lazy and make a mistake. So I, I. That's not what I mean by safe. I mean, you know, a. Uh, you got the running backs coming out of the backfield. You have the tight ends running a, a 10-yard hitch or a 10-yard in and then a receiver coming underneath. I mean, oh. short passes where you let your playmakers make the plays after the catch. Not deep throws down the field. He's not He's not throwing but dots out there. How many times did you see Tom Brady make, make a mistake on those easy throws this year? A lot. But we're talking about Tom Brady at age 43 versus Jimmy Garoppolo in his fifth year in the league. Yeah, and I'd say they're pretty comparable at this point in their career. You know, as far as, uh, you know, even Tom Brady has, you know, obviously stronger mentally. Uh, but but you're also talking about the, would you take the, the offensive weapons that Brady has or are you taking the offensive weapons that Garoppolo has? 
I mean, I'm going to take Garoppolo's weapons, but I'm, I'm still not saying that he's not going to just make a mental error on those easy throws because he thinks they're easy. If you think someone's something's easy, you're not going to, you know, Think, you know, you're not I don't think you're giving as... the man enough credit. I, I really don't. I think you're you're taking too much away from what Jimmy Garoppolo is able to do. He he's not as special as a lot of other quarterbacks. He he just I I still think he's just he ha, he's unproven, and I really haven't seen anything from him. I I just. I haven't seen him be able to put the game on his back, and I know that. But Patrick the Mahomes game doesn't do have to be on his back. That's the thing. But it might have to. You can't say it won't. It. No, I'm saying it's not. I didn't say it won't. It's not. Which means right now, if you were to start this game, everything is open from the running game to the short passing game to the deep passing game. Everything is open. If they fall behind, then I'm with you. But right now, the way it stands, I can't say that I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo because he's gotten them this far. And you can say, well, you know, he only had to throw the ball eight times in the NFC Championship game. That's because they got that running game going, and it wasn't up to him. They can win that same way against the Chiefs' defense. They can. No, I'm I'm, I'm not saying that they can't. I I do believe that they the the 49ers will have a you know a fairly easy time running the ball. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry still got 70 yards in the first half of the AFC Championship game, and then they stopped going to him. So, he, you know, he was on pace for a buck 40. The, the Carlos Hyde had, I think, close to a buck 40 himself. You know, I expect a lot of rushing yards. I'm just saying, if somehow the Chiefs figure out how to stop this this running attack and it's left up to Jimmy Garoppolo, it's It's questionable. It, this Maybe. this game, it, it, it I think it leans more in the favor of the Chiefs. Maybe, but you'd have to assume that they can stop the run and they have the personnel to do just that. I, I'm not totally convinced that, even though I trust Steve Spagnuolo has a great game plan in place, as I've mentioned, I don't trust the players that they have out there. You know, you have cast-off Mike Pinnell, who's talking garbage all you know, so far, all week so far, um, about how he's been slighted and, you know, nobody believed in him and he'd been cut a couple times this year. Well, you know what? You were probably cut for a reason. Maybe you're using that to motivation but there, there's a reason that some of these guys weren't sought after players, um, you know. And I think that you talk about no experience. This defense hasn't experienced anything like this. I mean, name one person that's been close to the to the big game. I I don't know one single person on their defense that that can really talk about what they've been through. To, to help this defense. On the other hand, Emmanuel Sanders has been there. He knows that he can help guide this team to where they want to go. Tevin Coleman's been there. He can help guide this team to where they want to go. I, I just you, don't so know. So you're getting who you're getting chief. more convinced that the veteran players who have been in these similar situations have the upper hand. I, I've heard that story before. That you know, if you've been there, you understand. You understand it more, and you know how to to handle yourself better. But we've seen plenty of times where 
that hasn't mattered. Look, let's just look at the the Falcons Patriots game. That how many unexperienced play, inexperienced players were in that Super Bowl for the Falcons that got up to a twenty eight to three lead. You know, they, yeah. they, no, you're they right. Got, they had a better game plan going in. They had a better game plan going in. That's just it was a it was coaching and it was there. Don't forget Brady threw a, a pick six. Um, the defense let up some some easy plays that they should never have let up. Um, there were stupid penalties. I mean, if you really go back and dissect it, there were a lot of mistakes. And then look what happened at halftime. They fixed all that, and they were able to come back. So that's where the inexperience comes in. Is that you know you've been here, you were able to do it before. I can I imagine Emmanuel Sanders has been to two Super Bowls. Tevin Coleman's been to one. Uh, that's three Super Bowls on the offensive side of the ball. You have Richard Sherman, who's been to two on his, on his own. I mean, I to me personally, they have plenty of Super Bowl experience to talk about different scenarios and different things that they should be able to see. Where the Chiefs, on the other hand, they have their coaches, but no players to relate to. And uh, that's where I think there uh, there's a slight edge to San Francisco. In in that regard, I, I I'm not a you know a fan of that argument. I just I just don't think it's factual. I don't think it, it's it's accurate enough to say. Well, if you have more vet, more players that have been here before, you're gonna win. It's just that's. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm just saying because they have more players that have been there, the nerves are less and their ability to focus is higher. Right, but as soon as you take those first couple hits. You're like, oh, it's a normal football game. I think people's nerves kind of calm down. So possibly, but if you're Patrick Mahomes, drive then. But if you're Patrick Mahomes and you come out and your team's already down seven nothing, you're like all that pressure well, in your head. That's just a normal day at the is, office for him. He understands. It is, to, but it isn't. It is, but it isn't because the the pressure of what this game means, like a normal day at the office. Either you win or you lose. This, you win, or if you lose, it's over. I mean, the your season's over. People look at you and say, what happened? Why weren't you able to take care of this? I, I mean, but do you, all the questions come along with it. Okay. he's He went through that last year, though, in the AFC Championship game when they lost because D Ford lined up offsides. Yeah, he's been through. But this. nobody blamed him for it. I'm saying Don't, if they I mean, have I to blame say him he didn't for get it. any blame, he's definitely gotten his fair share of blame. You know, there was always something he could have done, not made a mistake or made a certain throw or you know clocked it here or something like that. There's always something he could have done. I'm sure somebody or even himself thought that. So don't act like he can't handle. You know the pressure of society, you know, nagging on him. He can. I Patrick Mahomes is you know one of the better clutch quarterbacks we have in the league right now, and he knows how to get his guys ready. We see that on the sideline all the time. How he is hyping them up and get uh, and uh, you know getting them ready to go out back out there. We also see him just stay cool, calm, and collected. In horrible situations, he they came back twenty. You know they were down twenty four to zero against the Texans, and what they rattle off forty eight, fifty something points. 
It, yeah, but that's against the team that they understood they could beat. But you're but talking you're about a team. Your you, your will is broken. And what did he do? He rallied no, them back. Your will isn't broken. Your your will is only broken if you if you let it break. And you put there. But who didn't let it break? Patrick Mahomes. That their whole team didn't. If you listen to them, they all said we knew we could win that game. They all said it. I, we we've gotten far past the the point we're trying to make here, and I think that the the Chiefs, as good as players as they are, they don't have the uh, requisite knowledge that it takes to fully prepare for this game. And you're saying that that doesn't matter. I I wholeheartedly disagree. So in that vein, I want you to give me what your prediction is for this game. You know, I mean. I still think the I still think the 49ers are the best team and I think they're going to have a fairly easy time. Uh I don't think the Chiefs defense can stop the run and I don't think that'll be an issue. So uh so I think Raheem Mostart is going to go off again. Um I think you know George Kittle is definitely going to play a big role in this game. So uh, it, it's the 49ers for me, without a doubt. I don't know if you're looking for a uh, score prediction. Uh, yeah, give me a score. It's probably going to... I would say... I'd say a 14-point lead. Uh, so I, I will say 35-21. Okay. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be quite that. I think it'll be... Closer than that, I think it'll be uh, like thirty-five twenty-seven, and uh, I'm going to go with the Forty Niners. Um, I just I don't see nothing scares me about the Chiefs because I know that the the off-handed New England Patriots were almost able to beat them. Um, they were absolutely destroyed by rushing teams. All year long, until last, until two weeks ago, when apparently their rush defense decided to figure it out. I'm gonna say that was just, uh, you know, a blind squirrel finding a nut. I, I really don't think that they're gonna be able to hold up against a triple-headed rushing attack. You know, it's it's one thing to stop one runner and and break his will and 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 just continue to pound on him, but when you have fresh legs coming in every three or four plays, that's gonna wear out the defense a lot more than it's gonna wear out a running back. So I'm gonna go with the 49ers, uh, 35 to 27 on this one. Okay, I just want to say one thing. It's not like the the Chiefs broke Derrick Henry or his will. He had seventy yards in the first quarter, in the first half, and then he ran the ball one time in the second half of the game because the coaches took the ball out of his hands. He broke the will of the coach to run the ball. No, That's what happened. He seventy yards of progress in the first half is a lot more than most teams can say they had in a full game. So I understand that, but what I'm saying is that the coach was saying that. The running game wasn't getting them to where they needed to go, and that's why they had to go away from it. And and so he broke the will no. of the coaching staff, not the runner himself. I, I, I wouldn't I say that. he broke the will. I'd say he made the coach panic. It's the same thing. Um. Any. But anyway, yeah, yeah. No, I agree, and I, I, 
But I don't think that they're going to be able to do that another time. I mean, they had to lay it all on the line for their rush defense. And I, if you watch that game over, you say that they just they swarmed to the line of scrimmage. I know Kyle Shanahan has watched that film and said, all right, well, that's what they're going to do. We have something in store, maybe some play action, maybe something. I just I think that the the Chiefs are pretty much a one trick pony. They're they're deep shots down the field, um, and then on defense they they bend but don't break. Sometimes sometimes they do break. It's kind of like a shot in the dark. And I think they're going to break this game. I think they're going to give up something around thirty five points, like I said, and. You know, I I just as much as I believe that Patrick Mahomes can score that many points, I think that this defensive line is going to feast on the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see. I mean, I it's you know I, I think we'll have there's going to be good times in this game. Uh, enjoy the first half. I think that's going to be the most fun. Uh, but well, it'll it'll be definitely interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, yeah, uh, and I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, it, it'll be interesting. I think that it, it could be a, it could possibly get uh, uh, be a better game than we think it will be. Dep- it all depends on how these both teams uh, game plan. So maybe yeah. Um, so you know we'll we'll see what happens after Super Bowl Sunday. But one change that we will see from here on out is that uh, Philip Rivers will no longer be the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. And well, some would say a shocking move. I I wasn't really shocked by this news. Um, but I want to get your speculation. What do you think uh, the Chargers do? Where do you think Philip Rivers goes? Um, what um, did you think when you heard this news? Yeah, I mean, I was in, I w- I was a little surprised, but I I wasn't shocked. Um, this is, you know, I, I figured he would kind of spend the rest of his career or just retire, uh, in, with, with the Chargers, but they're moving on and it, I get, right now it seems like he doesn't want to retire. Um, I know he did just buy a house in Miami though. So, Hey, I mean, if you get, you know, Chase Young in Miami, on the you know put him as a pass rusher and get Philip Rivers in there, you know they uh, they, I mean that be that, a dangerous that could team, be a, especially in the AFC East. That, yeah, I mean that's a know. solid move. Well, what the thing is, Miami Miami has three first round picks in what is gonna be one of the best drafts of the of the century. Honestly, uh, this is gonna be a great year to to grab some players, and they there's so many wide receivers. You can give him some really solid weapons. You know, they, you already have um, Dante uh, Devontae Parker. Uh, right. You have Mike Kosecki. and mm-hmm. you get a running back. It doesn't even have to be first round. There's so many running backs that uh, most of them aren't even going to see the first round. Uh, but you you had guys like um, Jerry Judy and Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Uh, you've got the uh, the other Alabama guy who ran a four, who runs like a four two flat, uh, forty. Uh, Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs. Yeah, he's you know you could even grab him. Like there's so many players that the Miami Dolphins 
might be interested in if they can get Philip Rivers. And he's already there, it seems. So maybe it's just a match made in heaven. Uh, and maybe Phil Rivers will, you know, find a new, uh, healthy start there. I think I think that's a very viable option for him. Uh, it'll be, I I don't know really where else makes sense. I just yeah. I'm not sure with the state of the NFL. There's not too many opportunities. He is a warm climate guy. You know, he's he grew up in the South. He played in San Diego for most of his career, then L.A. Now he's moving to Miami. He's not going to go to Chicago. He might. Maybe he'll go to Carolina. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe the the Redskins want him to teach Haskins. Who knows? Maybe yeah, the Buccaneers. I, but here's maybe, the thing, I don't right? Know. So this you say that, and I I've heard a lot of talking heads talk about you know Philip Rivers going to teach a young kid, right? Mm-hmm. What is he going to teach him? He hasn't made it past the first round, or was it the second round of the playoffs, uh, ever? Uh, what is he going to teach someone? Because or, well, he, he but he make he might have made it to the AFC Championship game once. But he's been in very you know you know very challenging games. He he can teach somebody what to do in a certain situation. He can teach them uh, how to handle. Uh, certain players or attitudes or stuff in the locker room behind the scenes. It doesn't always have to be on the field. It could just be how to be a leader because that's what Philip Rivers is a great leader. If you can teach that to your future quarterback, that that's a huge bonus. Don't I mean you know Eli Manning went to the Super Bowl. I don't know how much he he went to the Super Bowl twice. I don't know how much he really taught Daniel Jones. So. Uh, I don't think you need to be able to teach them everything, but the things you can, I think that's very valuable. So, I I think I, I think that that would it would be a strong, you know, a, a, that that would be a good, uh, good thing for Philip Rivers to go to a team like the Washington Redskins. Um, I, I personally, I'd like to see Philip Rivers retire. Um, as we'll get into, uh, Eli Manning obviously retired and, uh, I, you know, it just seems like the, I can't imagine him playing in another uniform for another team, learning an entirely new playbook, learning the ins and outs of all his new weapons and team. And I, I just, I don't see it happening at that high of an age, um, or or his want to be able to do that. Now I understand that he has a a football team worth of kids uh that he's got to support. So maybe playing is in his best future. Uh in his is in his uh is in his cards because he needs to support them, but you know I just think that Philip Rivers is uh you know, he is the face of the Chargers. He has been for the better part of 15 plus years now. Uh, I can't imagine him going anywhere else. So if if I were him, I would retire. As far as the the Chargers are concerned, um there's plenty of quarterback talent in this draft and they're drafting high because they struggled hard this year. So I think that they're going to be able to pick up somebody like Justin Herbert or somebody like that. I believe they have the 10th pick. Um and you can fact check me on that, but I believe that they have the the tenth overall pick, and that's a good spot to pick a quarterback. 
Um, you know, we've seen players like Deshaun Watson and and uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes land down there. Um, you know, it's definitely something where you can grab a a quarter that a quarterback that people have kind of forgotten about or aren't talking he's not the hype man of the of the month and uh you know people are higher on you know the arm talent of someone else you know um but yeah like i said i just i think that the chargers need to to gain some youth and i think they have some some really good pieces in place right now uh they this is an opportunity where they need to find someone that has some arm talent who can who can really throw the ball and has some leadership skills um, because they don't want to waste uh, having Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa and Derwin James on the defense and then you have Keenan Allen and um, you know who knows if they bring in Melvin Gordon back uh, Hunter Henry at tight end who knows if they're bringing him back they have a lot of decisions to make so either on the offensive side of the ball they're gonna blow it up and start over or they're going to try to retain everyone they can and then try to find a filler and and see what happens from there um so i i just want to jump in you know we talked about philip rivers um we heard the news like i mentioned before eli manning also retired um or he, sorry, Eli Manning retired, um, so he will also not be playing for his uh, team that he all, has played for for all these years. They were in the same draft. Um, it, it has begged a, a question that has kind of made the waves around the country, is that do you think Eli Manning is a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback? Do you think he makes it to the Hall of Fame? Um... This is this is something I, I've actually been thinking about um, a little bit since he, since Eli retired because it's it's not cut and dry. I've heard people say, "Oh, it's easy. Clearly made it. Or, There's nothing he did in his career uh, that's that's Hall of Fame worthy." It's it's not that simple. This you, because a lot of people think of Eli as Peyton's younger brother and who who was you know not as good. And if you really look at it in a football standpoint, the numbers show that Eli was just as good. He had the same amount of Super Bowl wins. He had, you know, uh, you know, a, a above five hundred record in his career. Eli Eli has done a lot uh, in in terms of football. And I think a lot of people, you know, overshadow it with the negatives of him falling off towards the end of his career and, you know, losing his job to Geno Smith last year for a game and then, you know, losing his job permanently this year to Daniel Jones. It's kind of like recency bias almost, where we're just so fixated on what just happened and not remembering what he did since 2004. You know, 15 years is a long time, and he was a big part of the NFL conversation all of those years. Okay, so do you think he's a Hall of Famer? I definitely think that Eli Manning will be in the Hall of Fame. I Do you think he should be? 
No. I mean... <laughs> no. Okay, so you do not believe he should be in the Hall of but Fame. But that doesn't mean he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. What I think and what is I'm accurate. I'm asking you for your opinion. This is your opinion. You're not deciding it My for all of the NFL. My opinion and what's going to happen are two different things. Do I... I, I but that's what I'm me, asking. I'm because, asking for your opinion. Because then I bring in a lot of bias because I'm a Patriots fan. It's not the same. If I try to look at it from an unbiased angle... What he did is Hall of Fame worthy. As a Patriots so fan, I, disagree I with hate you. him and for that's what the thing. he did to my team and what caused us to lose the Super Bowl twice. Do I hold that against him? Yes. As a fan, I do. But I'm trying not to. So, the, I, I agree with your first standpoint saying that he shouldn't make the Hall of Fame. I just... He is 117 and 117. He is a 500 quarterback. He played in the league for 15 plus years. He made the Pro Bowl four times. Two of them were injury replacements. So he was only voted to the Pro Bowl twice. You know how many times he was all pro? First, second, or third team? Zero. Even his peers do not uh, did not think he was worthy of that. So to think that his entire career as a cumulative thing has has surpassed him to enter the Hall of Fame is outright ridiculous. I cannot fathom. You know, I understand that people say, "Well, he won two Super Bowls." Okay, the 2007 Super Bowl, you held the one of the greatest offenses in NFL history to 14 points. That was purely on the defensive end. Uh, purely. That, that, uh, their offense struggled to get 17 points uh, against our defense. Okay? So let, we're going to say that Michael Strahan and OCU Minora and Justin Tuck, they won that Super Bowl. Okay? If, fine. I mean... Uh... Can you agree that the defense won the 2007 Super Bowl for the Giants? Even though he got the MVP and people are going to say, well, Eli got the MVP, so you know how can you say that? Th- who else were they going to give it to? The entire defense? You have to give it to one person, and they gave it to the face of the team. So in in that regard, I, I don't think he, he should get any a lot of credit for the 07 Super Bowl. Now for 2011... I think he deserves a lot of credit. He threw for almost 5,000 yards that year. Um, he missed it by literally 67 yards. Um, he, he had an incredible run. One of the best offensive seasons of his entire career. I think it was the best offensive season of his entire career. And the, the offense won that, won that Super Bowl for them. Um, the pass on the sideline to Mario Manningham, you know, he, he won that. So... You're telling me out of 15 year 15 plus years of playing he had one year where he was a top-ish quarterback in the league. How is that a Hall of Fame caliber career? I don't understand that because he's uh, he's done he never won MVP. He was never in MVP conversations. I, I, I he was <laughs> It's it's incredible. You know how many times he was player of the month in his career? How many? Two times. Two times in his career he was NFC player of the month. You know how many times he was player of the week in his career? Six times. 
six times in 15 years. I don't. I, do those stats really matter? No. But he's y- a two-time I'm saying Super Bowl that champion. If you, he's a Walter Payton man of the year. He has know, certain accolades. Walter Payton doesn't. That, that award, as as nice as it is, means nothing when you're talking about Hall of Fame resume because that has nothing to do with what he did on the field. What about a guy like Dan Marino, who never won a Super Bowl? He's in the Hall of Fame. You're right. But was Dan Marino regard? Do you think Eli Manning is better than Dan Marino? No, no. Okay. All right. So you just you proved that point. But I I'm mean, saying you have to weigh those Super Bowls. Super Bowls mean a lot. No, they don't. They do. You, you put too much. You put too much weight in what the Super Bowls mean. I do not give. I gave him credit for one out of two. You think if you have, he, uh, you know, you know, Joe Schmo off the side of the street. They're winning in 2007 and 2011? In 2007, yes. If they, ha- if they have any quarterback in the NFL in 2007, they're still winning that Super Bowl. That's how dominant their defense was. I don't agree. I mean, you, that game was ridiculously close. It was. You're right. It was ridiculously close, and he throws up a fucking uh, pass in the middle of the field. And it just happens to be caught by some random guy who never played another snap after that football game. It was a lucky play that got them down the field. So you can't tell me that because he was lucky for one play that, you know what, he deserves the MVP. He deserves to have that Super Bowl. He, he led them there to that victory, and therefore he des- deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I just don't buy it. If you really look at the Hall of Fame and who's in it, you'll realize that he meets their criteria. So I, I as much as you don't want it to be, and as much as I don't want it to be, it doesn't negate the fact that it's going to happen. It it's not about that I don't want him to be because I I I do like Eli Manning as a person. I think he's oh, I think he's funny and I think he's a really good person. Um you know, I've grown to like Peyton Manning after he stopped playing, and you know <laughs> him and Peyton are are very very close in in how they act. Um, you know, I just don't think the the numbers that he's put up in his career have shown me enough to put him in the Hall of Fame. I, I honestly and truly believe that. As, to, like, I have looked at it from all different angles. And at the beginning, I was like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. And then I sat down and really dissected the numbers. You know who else won two Super Bowls and isn't in the Hall of Fame? Jim Plunkett. Now you say, who's that? We're going to say the same thing about Eli Manning. And that's the problem. He also won two Super Bowls, and nobody knows who Jim Plunkett was unless you are a uh, pretty well-versed football fan. I I just I don't think that's going to be the case. It's just Eli Manning had a bigger impact on the game than Jim Plunkett ever did. I don't think that's a fair comparison. But I don't think what did Eli Manning do for the game that changed the game? What did he do that forced defense? Nobody was scared of him. He couldn't win with 
Victor Cruz and Odell Beckham Jr. as his wide receivers. Uh, I, I don't understand how you can't win with them because, at wide receiver. Because that, okay, at that time, that's not fair. Victor Cruz had fallen off a cliff. He really had. Uh, no, yes, yes, at, in his prime, with when Odell Beckham came on the scene, he, Victor Cruz was in his prime. Odell Beckham prime. didn't just come onto the scene right away. It took some time. It, that didn't happen overnight. You're right, but when he did come on the scene, Victor Cruz was still in his prime. Victor Look Cruz at the had numbers. gone to the Look Chicago the Bears and came back, and he had fallen off no. before he went to the Chicago Bears. I understand that, but you're mixing up timelines. You're not understanding. You're, you keep interjecting. The, the idea is that when, OBJ when Odell there. Beckham came up, yes, he was. Yes, he was. Go back and look. Go back and look, because if you look at the timelines, he was there. I don't understand how you can win. You can't win with such talent around you. And how are you only voted to the Pro Bowl two times? Okay, but how how is Tom Brady losing with Randy Moss and, and uh, Wes Welker? What are you talking about? He he also went to two two Super Bowls with them in four years. I'm just saying, just because you have weapons doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to win. Like you're right, and Tom Brady still won six more Super Bowls. You you can't compare Eli Manning and Tom Brady. There's just there's no shot at doing that. I'm not. I. Uh, that's obviously. You know. I'm. I'm just. I'm just saying. Eli Manning had a bigger impact than you're giving him credit for. On. I. I disagree. I just disagree. That's all. Fine. I. I don't think he did. He. he um. He's not a first. You know. You can favor, say. But he'll be there. Um, maybe. Yeah. I. I think he gets in because he's Peyton's brother. That that's why that, I think that he gets doesn't in. work. It never works like that. Devin McCourty might go to the Hall of Fame. Jason McCourty never has a shot. I understand that, but Eli Manning is on the cusp. That's why we can have a debate like this. Jason McCourty isn't even debatable. Okay, that that's the difference. Eli Manning is very debatable whether he goes or not, and and it's talked about throughout the country. It's not just here in New England. It's 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 everywhere. National sports venues have been uh, debating this for the past week. I, I just think that but it's right not now, a clear answer. No one, right? No it's not going to be a clear answer for the next five to ten years. It, you know, you the, who you have to take away are Giants fans and Patriots fans. Well, really, that that's who you have to take away from the conversation. If you really look at everybody it, else. in five years. Who else retired this year that's really going to make it? Luke Keekley, Yeah. He'll make it. Who who else retired besides him and Eli and But Manning? it's not about that. You know, say next year – say he doesn't – he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. You already said that. He's not, so but let's go to the next year. What if What if Tom Brady retires know. after next year? Now he's facing against Tom Brady. He wasn't better than Brady. What about Breeze? He wasn't better than Breeze. I mean, you, at what point during his career was he a top three quarterback? Eli Manning. He wasn't. Is it, he he is, just wasn't. Is Andrew Luck a Hall of Famer? No. Same. I think. And that, if you want to debate that, we'll do that another time. I, we're, we're running out of time here. I just want to say, Eli Manning, to me, is just not a Hall of Famer. He, 
people will point to the fact that he's seventh all time in passing and and all that stuff. That comes with the longevity of his career. The best thing, if the best thing you can say to about uh, Eli Manning is that he never got hurt and he was able to play sixteen games every year from two thousand and five all the way to two thousand and eighteen. Um, then you're like. He played that, it at that's a, a great top stat. 10 level almost every year. A top 10 level. But this is the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good. That is what you have to take away. He was very good. Was he Hall of Fame worthy? To me, the answer is no. I think based on his career numbers and what he has done on and off the field... I, I think but it, it's will. only about on a field. They cannot take off the field into account. <laughs> they always take they just into can't. account Walter Payton, man of the year. They always do. Uh, you, I mean, J- Jason Witten probably shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, but he's probably going to be. And that's because he's Walter Payton, man of the year. That's eh, a debate for an, another time. Anyway, I I just, you know, this is something that deserves the debate that we had. I think I think it deserves a lot more conversation. Um you know, we've heard from certain people on on our social media. We'd love to hear from you guys about it some more. Um you know, so let us know uh, on Twitter what you think. Do you think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer? We have a poll up there right now. Uh we'd love to see what your answers are. Comment what you what you think and why. Um and uh we'll share those results with you guys next week. Um as far as I'm concerned, I, I think that's all we have. Yeah. All right. So with that, uh, we're going to wish you a great week. We hope that uh, you guys are uh, happy and healthy, and we'll look forward to doing this again. Until then, take care.